welcome to another episode of the Mad Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Begley, Goni, and Wayne. What is up, Mad Mob? This episode is brought to you by Kona Ice. If you hear crunching or slurping in the background, uh, it's because Begley just, he's made about, he found a snow cone machine and he's done nothing but tear it up for a week straight. Wouldn't you? Snow cones are delicious. And it's shaved ice. It's not a snow cone. What's the difference? There's a huge difference. Can you explain it? Yeah, it's the way the ice is, is made. A snow cone is like super finely crushed up ice like out of your fridge. Shaved ice is where the ice is literally shaved into a soft snow into your cup. That's what I have. That's what he has. It's a snow cone. It's not. I've partaken from it. I hate snow cones. Gone, how are you? You You look deep in thought over there. I am, man. I'm just uh, just going through some statistics and football things, really. Football I'm, things. I'm really excited. Yeah, football things. Mad we're, Mom, we're... it is our last episode. Our last episode hey. of the Darks... Darks? <laughs> the Dark Horses? <laughs> dark Horses. <laughs> the Dark Busts? Uh, the Dark Horses, Busts, and Locks. We are doing the Weast. Wayne, you know, we're one step closer to Goni's least favorite episode of all time where we had the the crappy player draft. God, he hated that. You remember that last year? I remember that. We got a lot to do. We got a lot to do before the season starts and not a lot of time to do it. We have mock drafts we got to do. We have, we're going to do some quick rankings and the crappy player draft. And it kind of stinks because I wanted to do a doink review. But we don't really have too many doinks so far. I feel like a lot of our doinks are made in season. I think so, too. I think so, too. And, and I think this episode may bear out some doinks. It already has, off air. It has. It has. I was, we'll get into it later, but I was pinned against the wall for a dark horse, which somebody said they would never do. Well, when one's so stupid, I can't help it. Uh, we'll start with the, uh, AFC bags. I got you, uh, I got you at the top part of the clockwise position so you can uh, start us off. You're pointing at me on my screen. It doesn't matter what is <laughs> happening on your screen. I'm just letting you know. I'm giving you a play by play, man. All right. All right. I'm actually going to look this guy's ADP up. I'm sorry. I didn't do that on air. Wow. <laughs> it's not a big deal. I'm just going to do it Huge really quick. Huge deal. Annoying. It. Man, this is all on Wayne. This is all on Wayne for, for putting you out of position. And also, he put me in rotation to absolutely cut him off again. I'm gonna... No, uh, no I, I know what he did, and I appreciate it. All right, my AFC lock. Samaje P. Ryan. ADP of 108. And he is a guy that I am buying in every redraft league that I'm in if I can. So a couple of tidbits. You know, he got a two-year deal. He's 27, got a two-year deal worth $7.5 million from Denver. He's one of the highest-paid free agent backs this year. 
They only brought in Tony Jones and Tyler Beatty as the backup RBs on the roster. Neither one of them really profile as receiving backs. Um, so I think P. Ryan brings a dimension to that backfield that nobody else brings, and that is very good receiving chops. And as we know from uh, Sean Payton's time in New Orleans, he loves to utilize a running back in the passing game. Last year, Russell Wilson had the fifth highest checkdown rate in the league at 10%, and he would have been higher except Baker Mayfield and Tyler Heineke made their way on the list. Um, you know, last year with Cincy, he ran 214 routes. He was 14th best among running backs in yards per reception, yards per route run, and he generated um, just under one fantasy point per opportunity, which was 11th best among all r- running backs. Very good in the passing game. And I think the other component you have to consider is Javonta Williams. You know, he's coming back from an ACL tear and an LCL tear, um, which is a very serious injury. The last two examples we have of that are J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Neither one of them really returned healthy. Um, And I think I, I was looking up some research and players with an ACL and LCL tear historically see a 20% decline in production when they return to the field. You know, Javon, of the two-year sample we have of him, he has only eclipsed a 65% snap share mark twice. And in one of those games, Melvin Gordon was injured. You know, he's never had a full workload, and I doubt he gets it coming off a serious injury. I think Samaj P. Ryan is on the field often and early for Denver. Um, I want him. He's a guy I scooped up everywhere I could get him. Actually, in one of our leagues, I have Javante, and as soon as it was known that Samaj Piran was going to the Broncos, I went ahead and spent some fab on him. He's a, he's a, a great handcuff. I think he has standalone value, as you were pretty much saying throughout everything going on here. Uh, if there's any setbacks also with Javante this year and the ACL-LCL injury, Samaj Piran has shown in the past that he can step in for a few games and play. He can handle a workload. It's not something that's going to be frequent, but I like him. I like him a lot. Like you said, he could be the kind of Kamara in this Sean Payton offense to the Mark Ingram, which would be Javante. So we'll see. Yeah, I like Samaje in uh, Cincinnati. He did a good job backing up Joe Mixon. Um, showed that he's he's definitely got the talent um, to be one of the best uh, receiving backs in the year, kind of this – Kind of the uh, second coming of Kareem Hunt, and it's a, you know it's a spot in the draft. Rashad Penny, Charbonnet, who's hurt right now, uh, Khalil Herbert, Odell Beckham, uh, Elijah Moore. To me, I, I like his upside above all, all those guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna stay right with the Broncos for my AFC lock. I'm taking Jerry Judy. Currently has an ADP of 55 as the wide receiver 24. That is fifth round. Fifth round. I know he's got a lot of hype behind his name this year. Um, He's a guy people are expecting to blow up, especially after the abysmal season of the Broncos and that offense. Uh, He finished last season as the wide receiver 22. He's going as the wide receiver 24 in drafts. And he finished as the wide receiver 22 last year. And that terrible offense, 
Same offense that was 21st in the league in total offense last year. Same offense that was 28th in touchdowns and last in the league in red zone scoring. He finished with 67 receptions, 962 yards, and six touchdowns on 100 targets. Russell Wilson, everyone knows, had by far the worst season of his career. Sean Payton comes in. He's replacing Nathaniel Hackett, who was fired because he sucks straight up. Uh, in the games with Hackett, the Broncos averaged 15.4 points per game. It's awful. In the in the games without Hackett, they averaged 10 points more, 25 total. So the offense immediately got better. Like I said, I want to say it one more time. He finished as the wide receiver 22. He's going in drafts right now as the wide receiver 24. I expect him to finish a lot higher. I think he's a lock as a wide receiver two and could flirt with wide receiver one this year. I I agree with that. I, just curious. I mean, ADP is kind of bearish on Broncos in general. It, you know, the, the Sean Payton hype isn't really reflected. I don't know why. I think it's everyone saw Russell Wilson, you know how he wanted to leave Seattle and he wanted to cook. And this was his opportunity last year and he was terrible. So maybe everyone just thinks he's washed. I don't know, but I think the entire offense will be just rejuvenated with Sean Payton in there. Yeah. I like this. I think Jerry Judy is even closer to a uh, dark horse than a lock. Um, He's, he's definitely, I I love that lock pick. If, if he's your WR two. Uh, you're sitting pretty this year. Yep. All right, moving on to my lock. I'm uh, I'm going to go away from the Broncos for once. Um, I'm taking Mike Williams, ADP 70, wide receiver 30. Last year, Mike Williams finished as the WR 32. Two off of his ADP this year, even though he missed four games last year. Uh, he's a bit of a feast or famine guy, which is why he's a, he's a lock back here um, and not a dark horse candidate. He finished as a WR15 or better in six of his 13 games played. Uh, big target at 6'4", 218. Uh, look for him to continue his role as a safety net for Justin Herbert, who just got extended. Um, Williams is a, is extremely average in most metrics, uh, but what makes him worthy of a lock at this ADP, again, mid-tier flex, um, is his ability to win contested balls. He was top 10 in contested catch rate and top 10 in contested targets which landed him at number three in contested receptions in the NFL. Uh, with Keenan Allen still the one and Johnston coming up, his ceiling is pretty firm. Uh, but at this ADP, you'll love to see him in the flex on your squad. I think Mike Williams is that guy to me that when you look back on the year and you look at total fantasy points scored, he's going to be just fine. But I think he's the, you know, on the same token when you own him, and you have to deal with them every week, you're going to pull your hair out, and you think he sucks. You know, It's, uh, yeah. it's a wild ride. It's a wild ride with Mike <laughs> Williams, man. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think at the end of the year, when you, when you look at, at, at his production, I think he is going to be there. Just not a guy I want to have on my roster if I can help it. I like having one of those guys personally. Uh, if you ever have you know any kind of injuries – you're not always going to be the favorite in your fantasy matchups. Let me let me just say that. You're not always going to be a favorite in your fantasy matchups. Injuries happen. You kind of sometimes need a guy like a Mike Williams 
that has the high variance, you know, he's, he's feast or famine, but sometimes you need that shot. Some, some, the other team, the opponent can have a guy that just goes off and you need 30 points out of a guy. Mike Williams has capability to do that kind of stuff. Also, I think something that people forgot last year was Justin Herbert very early on in the season, uh, had some kind of injury, shoulder injury, I believe. And we thought that he was going to miss time. He didn't. He actually, in the same game, threw like a 40-yard dart to end up winning the game, I believe, down the stretch. Um, yeah, that's gone. He's still through for 4,500 yards. He's going to be fully healthy this year. The offense is, I think, going to be pushing the ball down the field more than in recent years. Um not really going to the the running back as much. They brought in Quentin Johnston. They want to throw the ball down the field. They got all these guys. They got Kellen Moore as well. I like the pick, Wayne. Yeah. All right, moving on to the busts. My AFC bust, Kadarius Tony, And I feel like I'm fading the general public here. Um, <clears throat> as I think we've seen his ADP rise. Right now it's 92. I'm not sure what wide receiver he is. Um, but you know, let's call it what is what, what, what it is. He's all hype, no production so far, right? You look at his profile. You had the one year in New York, or the one game in New York where he went nuts against Dallas. Outside of that, he really hasn't done much. He had two wide receiver two finishes uh, with the Chiefs last year, and in both of those games, uh, he had 30 yards and a rushing touchdown. He's never earned over a 44% snap share. He never earned over five targets in Kansas City in a game. You know, in college, he wasn't really a super productive player. He was a gadget guy at Florida. You know, to me, he's a Percy Harvin, Tavon Austin type of player. And I think, you know, those are the guys that coaches get, you know, try to give them the ball in space, but they're not going to win with their route running or their route tree. It's To me, that's what he is. He's already hurt. He tore his meniscus in camp. You know, at some point in, in, in a two-year profile, I've got to see you play. I've got to see you play through soft tissue injuries, which plagued him in New York. You know, in an ADP of 92, he's got such a low floor. And, you know, he has probably the biggest range of outcome of any player, I think, uh, in fantasy this year. He could be the wide receiver 8 or the wide receiver 100, and I wouldn't be surprised. But at 92, there's such a low floor. When I look at the guys around him, I think there's much safer options there in the eighth round uh, that have enough upside to satisfy my appetite, like Dotson, Burks, Antonio Gibson, Quentin Johnston, even Mike Thomas, Juju, Gabe Davis. You know, these are guys that I feel more comfortable with drafting in the eighth than Kadarius. Um, I'd rather have Scott Moore, to be honest with you, 50 picks later. Um, I'm going to fade Kadarius at 92. What do you guys think? I like him, man. I like him for the cost, really. He's he's the wide receiver 40. Uh, I looked it up, and I don't know, man. He, It's just one of those appealing things that you've gotten out of all the Kansas City wide receivers over the last couple of years. Everyone looks appealing. You're waiting for one of them to break out. None of them really have, you know, since Tyreek left. I don't know. I, I kind of would, – would you be down to put a doink on it that he finishes 40 or better? I would love to. All right. I'll get in there on that. I would love to. I mean, he he is the grab the dice, shake him, and roll him guy, man. Like I said, I he 
he's just injured a lot. It's almost like he's he's his body can't keep up with his movements. I mean, he's special when he has the ball. Don't, don't get me wrong, but man. What do you I, think, Wayne? I, I think Kadarius Tony is a freak athlete that they're going to utilize more next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think his ADP, in my opinion, is pretty fair. I, I to me though, I don't want any part of the of the Chiefs receiving core when you consider the fact that Patrick Mahomes threw for over five thousand yards last year and it didn't produce a single, not even a WR two. Um, for anybody, and now they went and drafted another guy. So you've got a crowded receiver room with Kadarius Tony, MVS, Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, and, and none of those guys are are even his number one target. So I'm not really a big fan of any Chiefs receiver this year. But I think I don't know. I think an ADP of forty wide receiver forty is definitely attainable in that offense. He broke 200 yards in a game, man. It's it's hard to do. It's hard to do. He's got talent. He's got talent. He just needs to stay on the field, not do anything dumb. Yeah. To be fair, that was also against a historically poor Dallas defense that year. That was one of the worst in the league. How many times did they give up 200 yards in a game, though, that year? I, I don't know. I'd have to Probably look. just once. Maybe. I Maybe. don't know. I'm just saying 200-yard games don't fall off trees. Uh it right. could be nothing. I could lose this one in a just blaze of glory here. And uh, he could be like the wide receiver 99 for all I know. But we'll see. I'm going to take the talent. I'm going to take the offense and just cross my fingers on it. Moving on. Moving on. My AFC bust. This one pains my soul. Absolutely pains my soul. It's Austin Eckler with an ADP of four. Running back two. Disclaimer, I love Austin Eckler. I've been rolling with him for the last five years. He's delivered championships. Wayne and I rode ourselves to a championship off his back as well. Uh, He's amazing. This is absolutely not easy for me, but it has everything to do with the fact that this man is going as the 104 in drafts and the second running back off the board this year. He's coming off a career year. Uh, you know, he finished as the overall running back one, setting personal bests in rushing yards, uh, rushing touchdowns, targets, receptions. No running back in football has more touchdowns than him over the last two years with 38. He runs, he catches, he does it all. So why am I against him? Uh, major thing, Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator for the last two years, has gone to the Denver Broncos, and that's very, very important. His scheming and play calling has resulted in a ton of receiving work for running backs. Uh, I looked back into it. Going all the way back to 2015, he was with the Lions. Theo Riddick with the Lions was a running back 18 with 99 targets. Kamara, over his tenure with Lombardi, 2017 to 2020, he was the RB3, RB4, RB9, and RB1, averaging 102 targets a year. That's a whole lot of targets. Kamara, his uh, after Lombardi, he finished 8th and 16th at his position, averaging 72 targets per season. So Eckler over his last two years finished as the RB2 and the RB1, averaging 115 targets a season. So this is this is the Lombardi effect right here, man. He The scheme, he throws it to the running backs. He makes sure they're always involved. 
Uh, in comes Kellen Moore from Dallas as the new offensive coordinator. The prime, primary running back has never seen more than 71 targets in a season under Kellen Moore. And some of you might be thinking that Eckler did it before without Lombardi, and he did it once in 2019 as the RB4, but it was with the very old Phillip Rivers. We all know the old guys check down to the running backs like crazy. He's going to be 28 years old this season. He's never ran for over 1,000 yards career in his career. He's never had more than 206 carries in his career. I think he's great. I think he's phenomenal. He'll always be one of my favorite. He's going into the Goni Hall of Fame of fantasy, but I don't see him finishing in the top two running backs this year. I, I think he's going to be a back-end RB1, and that's why I have to have him as a bust. <clears throat> yeah, when I, when I saw you put this one down, um, you know, it did make me spit up my drink. I don't. I agree with your logic. I guess let me ask you this: Are you taking Bijan or Eckler? The second Bijan. RB off the board. Okay. Bijan. Okay. I mean, the the one hesitation I have with not pulling the trigger on Eckler at four is who's taking his carries. What have they done to to you know get him off the field? I think he's going to be on the field a lot, and I think Kellen Moore does like. A workhorse, as we saw with Zeke in Dallas. Josh Kelly, man. Josh Kelly last year. I know, I know. I see your face, bro. Believe me, there was plenty of games last year. Wayne, Gels, and I are just watching the game, texting back and forth, and Josh Kelly is on the field getting carries in positions that he has no business getting carries in. We, we're texting each other, why is he getting the ball right now? Why is he even on the field? So... I don't know why, because Josh Kelly sucks, but Austin Eckler's on. It's almost like they're trying to replace him. Yeah, or limit the value because of these contracts. Yeah, I think they have been, man. They've drafted running backs the last five drafts, it seems like. Larry Roundtree, Spiller, Kelly, Justin Jackson. I forgot about Roundtree. Larry Roundtree, that's right. Dude, he's never gotten over 206 carries in a season. They've they've found places to, to get the ball elsewhere. His where he eats and how he's gotten so high in the fantasy finishes has always been his receiving work. It, it and I just it's coming down. There, there's nothing that can tell me otherwise. Joe Lombardi absolutely matters in that aspect. So I agree. Yeah, I mean you lose you lose thirty targets this year. I just don't see it. I don't, I don't know, man. He, he's not rushing for over a thousand yards. Uh, if he does, it's going to be barely. It's not going to be RB two worthy. Yeah, regardless, we're putting uh, Austin Eckler in the uh, we're putting an Austin Eckler banner in the rafters of Man. the Fantasy Coliseum. He's been a stud, but hey, <laughs> in the bronze bust of a man going going up in, in the Hall of Fame and the trophy case. Exactly, and it says a lot about you that we're calling you a bust, and you're still an RB one. A Back, bust year for yeah. you is a back end RB one. Uh, so if this is if this is Eckler's last year at it, tip it a cap. You've been a dog. I'll go to uh, my bust. Another, I'm taking another RB1 as a bust. Josh Jacobs, ADP 20, RB8. It's kind of a hot take considering uh, where he finished last year. Finished second in rush attempts at 340, top 10 in receptions, fourth in tutties, uh, with over 2,000 yards from scrimmage. From an efficiency standpoint, he ranked in the back half of the league in yards per rush, breakaway runs, 
but a shining light was his number one ranked 1,200 yards created. A lot went right for Jacobs to finish as the running back three last year, with Zamir White emerging as a solid backup and the Raiders ranking 21st in rush attempts, as well as the, as well as the addition of Jacoby Myers. I see a steep drop-off in touches. Uh, guys with worse ADPs like Pollard, Brees, and Najee are a lot more appealing to me this year. Um, I know there's some some stirrings about you know Dalvin going to New York, which will obviously change my opinion a little bit on that. Uh, but just not to mention the fact that Jacobs turned down a deal that would make him a top five paid running back and a holdout is almost all but certain. Uh, the last running back to hold out into the season was Melvin Gordon, and we saw how that ended out for him. Uh, there's just no way that they can recreate the amount of touches that he got last year, and we're getting a new quarterback in the system. Uh, and again, only 21st in rush attempts, and he got 340. That's just that's not going to happen. There's going to be a steep regression, in my opinion, on this guy. Love the pick, personally. Um, that's just a guy who's not involved in the passing game hardly at all. I uh, don't know what to think about Garoppolo going there. Plus, I don't love RBs on their second contract. He's absolutely a sell for me. I, I agree, Wayne. He's a guy that's 100% on my do-not-draft list. I, I'm, I'm more so worried about the holdout over anything else. You don't want to draft a guy who's not going to play, which is also a great reason, everyone, to – Make sure you don't do your fantasy drafts until like a week before the season's going to start. That way you see how this thing plays out. But if you're doing yours beforehand, uh, it's risky. It's very risky. I, I'm personally staying away. Yeah. <coughs> All right. Moving our way to our AFC Dark Horses. And boy, I've been waiting for this one. I'm calling my shot the babe style. Give me Justin Ross. Wide receiver for Kansas City. I'm going to pull up his ADP. He's been shooting up the draft boards like crazy. He's up to 198. Yes, Wayne, he's out of the 200s now. He's getting the buzz. He's 6'4", 210. And I'm going to I'm gonna steal what you said, Wayne, about Mike Williams. He's a big boy. I think Brandon Marshall, A.J. Green type of, uh, of build – and look, Kansas City lost 38% of its wide receiver snaps from last year. It has arguably the worst wide receiver room in the entire league. Their best receiver, Kadarius Toney, has proven he can't stay healthy. He's got a torn meniscus, and he's got to compete with MVS and Justin Watson to, to play on the outside. He was a top prospect out of Clemson after a sophomore year. Um, then it was found he's got a degenerative spinal issue that caused him to lose out on his junior year of college played 10 games his senior year then he tore up his foot <clears throat> and uh man this is a guy you just want to root for he was undrafted because only four nfl teams medically cleared him kansas city took a stab on him just because of the talent and not only did kansas city take a stab on him they kept him on the 90 man roster in the offseason while he rehabbed from a broken foot suffered last year. Teams don't keep undrafted free agents on the 90 man to let them rehab on their dime. Just doesn't happen. And I think it really speaks to his talent um, and what he can do on the field. He, he, he's really something unique that Kansas city doesn't have in the wide receiver room. Um, 
you know, Pat Mahomes, uh, I've got I've got a couple quotes. Uh, he told Nate Taylor of The Athletic, he's learning the offense fast. You can see the talent, the way he snatches the ball out of the air. He's making big plays, and he's getting more and more involved in first-team reps. He's a guy that I hope can be a really good player in the offense. Matt Nagy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator. When you watch Ross, he really excels at route running. Last year was almost kind of a redshirt year for him. And, you know, he was mentally in the meetings. Now he's learning his timing for Pat to understand his routes. So it's going to be immense growth in a good way. Andy Reid. I like the big Ross. Justin is coming along. He feels good. His foot feels good. He's made some really nice plays for us out here. I know Pat's got trust in him, which is good to see. Pat Mahomes' dad. Son. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Come on, bro. Justin Ross has been working out with Pat in his house. He's a name to look out for. He's got the buzz. He's got the hype. Good morning, football. As Justin Ross, top five breakout wide receiver of 2023 behind Garrett Wilson, Olave London, and Tyquan Thorne. There's a lot of beat writers very excited about Justin Ross. And look, let me, let me break down the logic for you. He cost you nothing. <laughs> He's going to be the last player you draft in a redraft. <laughs> in a redraft. But again, I'm going to steal from a good buddy of mine, Wayne. If no Kansas City receiver outside of Tyreek Hill is great, then why would you pay a premium price for Kadarius Toney, Skymore, and Rasheed Rice? Why not take the guy who has the hype and has an outside chance of being on the field as the X receiver in this offense at a zero cost? That makes sense to me. Absolutely no risk. You can cut him after you draft him if he doesn't make camp. But he's going to be in my roster. I think people would spend a lot of fab dollars on this guy. He makes the field of Kansas City. Cashier down at the bodega on the end of the block. Justin Ross always pays with exact change. Listen, here's why. <laughs> police officer, police officer in the city. Justin Ross has never jaywalked once in his life. Here, it, it, listen, I had to go. Justin Ross's because... father, Justin, always turned out the lights when he left the room. <laughs> listen, listen, I, I had to tell you that because these are the people that matter. And how many undrafted free agents do you hear people raving about like this? The OC, star quarterback. The head coach it just doesn't happen. It yeah, doesn't happen. Yeah, I was just I was just looking because, like, a month ago he was their WR eight on their depth chart, mm-hmm. and I figured all that buzz. Like, I went and checked again because I figured with all that buzz he would have jumped. And their most recent recent depth chart, he was their WR eight. That's weird. I guess good quotes don't translate into being to improving on the depth chart, but that's a shame will, because wait. if good quotes did. Look out Tyreek Hill. He's the next one. Look, wait, wait till the preseason's over. The 90 will trim down to 53. We'll see what I don't, happens. I don't, I don't hate you for taking a shot on a guy, and I hope he pans out. I, I really do. The quotes, though, at this point in the season, 
don't matter to me either you way. Coach, like, you mean the coaches didn't and teammates didn't say negative things about a about a teammate? That's, that's the crazy. only time you have to worry. Everyone is going to say good things about every player on their team. They're in the best shape of their life. They're looking great. His hands are phenomenal. But like every single coach and beat writer ever says those things at this point in the preseason. But if you ever hear something bad, that's the real stuff right there. That's how you know to red flags stay away. And he, and he only took first-team reps because MVS and Rasheed Rice were out. He had to step in. And they only kept him on the roster after his foot injury because he was paid a league minimum, so why not? It, it doesn't happen, though. Like, you know that, right? It, undrafted free agents don't stay on teams 90 mans and rehab for free on their dime. It just doesn't happen. And I and I told you the quotes. Because That's again, such an obscure thing to say, though. Like I'm sure it does happen. I, I I challenge you all. Find somebody who's getting this kind of buzz from their coaches and teammates, who is an undrafted free agent who hasn't played in two years. I, I challenge you to find. Any <laughs> That's extremely player. specific. That's extreme. It's it out is. of his class. Find me an undrafted free agent. Just find me an undrafted free agent then. Or find me somebody who hasn't played football in two years is getting that kind of buzz. Honestly, I can I can look up anything and, and hear about it. The fact of the matter is, until you said Justin Ross's name to me as your dark horse, I never heard that name in my life. Well, that's that's because I'm in here and and I'm in the fantasy weeds, man. You're not here with me. That's all right. I'll I'll learn you something. I mean, so looking at past on... fantasy fantasy uh, finishes. Buddy, I, I've been in the trenches. I'm out here in the foxholes. You know, the other thing about Justin Ross, man, he's been in the league two years. He's the same age as Rasheed Rice. He's a baby. You know, I, it, why not take a stab with your last pick? Why not? Who else are you going to spend it on that, that has more upside than a first-round talent on the best offense in the league? Is he first-round, though, if he went undrafted? Well, he is. He wasn't medically cleared. He was similar to Sean. He Tucker, wasn't medically cleared, and he went undrafted. So, for the sake of my argument, yeah, I mean, first round talent. Yep, he was. When, he was number one pick. He was, was going to be the number one pick that year if Coach would have put me in. He was number one pick, but after his sophomore year in Clemson, I, I, I looked up some draft boards, and he was he was projected to be a first round pick on pretty much every draft board I could find online. And then he's got a disease or degenerative issue. That there's a name for it, <clears throat> and because of it, he didn't know if he would play football again. So he missed out his entire junior year, and then uh, he played ten games his senior year. What, declared, nobody would clear him except for the Chiefs and three others. Chiefs took a stab, man. Again, it's similar to the Sean Tucker thing with with the Bucks. He had the heart condition. Elite player at Syracuse, better than than where he got drafted, or I guess he didn't get drafted. Better than being undrafted. Hey, look, man, it's a good guy to root for. Again, it costs you nothing. It costs you your last pick in a redraft league. I, I, I want a piece of the KC offense, and I don't want to pay Kadarius Tony price because, like Wayne said, we haven't seen a receiver be good in that outside of Tyreek Hill. So I'm, I don't want to pay a premium price. I want to pay the cheapest price possible for a guy who could be a starter. That's logical to me. That's fair. That's fair. The uh, the waiter at Malone's also said he always tips twenty five percent. In case you were wondering, he seems like a great guy. Yeah, yeah, and he uh, he's definitely not dining and dashing with the piano he carries on his back. 
I listen. He ain't burning right. anybody. Heck, I'm looking at his college stats now. His worst year as far as yards per catch was his most recent year he played. And I hear I hear foot surgeries make you better. They don't. They oh. don't. Yeah, he had a foot surgery that year, played 10 games. And, and again, he was also coming off of uh, some pretty shocking medical so, news. And he played with DJ, who is probably been the worst Clemson quarterback in a decade. I'm, I'm looking at his stats, and it looks like he's done nothing but regress. His best year at Clemson was his freshman year. His second mm-hmm. best was his sophomore year. His junior year but he it, missed, and his senior year was his worst year. So since but his, his freshman year in college, he's done nothing but regress and get hurt. Interesting. He he came out like a bottle rocket his freshman year. You say he regressed, and I, I don't disagree with you, but his sophomore year stats were still very, very good. But his physical therapist says he has great manners and holds the door open for old ladies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure he does. He seems like a great kid. Watched a lot of interviews. Oh, man. All right, we're, we're going to stay. Beggs and I were definitely uh, in sync here with the – teams where we took our spots my afc dark horse is isaiah pacheco his adp is 75 rb 28 which is currently being drafted in the seventh round uh he was a popular third round dynasty draft target last year largely undrafted in redrafts uh wasn't until ceh was injured with a high ankle sprain last year that pacheco finally got steady playing time from week 11 to the end of the season, he averaged 12.3 points per game on a 44% snap share. Not a lot. Not a lot by any means. That number's going to go up this year. CEH is so deep in the doghouse that it's going to take famine, sickness, or death to get him back on the field to his teammates. Uh, the Chiefs also made no efforts to sign or draft any noteworthy running backs this offseason, so they're going to run it back with Pacheco, McKinnon, and CEH. So, as I said, he was hurt with the ankle sprain. He got activated off the IR right before the Super Bowl, but the Chiefs elected not to play him, instead giving Pacheco 15 carries in the biggest game of the season in which he turned into 76 yards and a touchdown. He's got strength. He's got speed. The Chiefs trust him. And, I mean, some of the running backs going ahead of him that I think he has a chance to beat, Rashad White, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift, and Alexander Madison. I think 28 is too low for him. I think he be. I think he can definitely be a top 20 running back this year. I, going, on, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I, I'm not a big fan of Pacheco. Uh, I think he's what they what you know. He's a classic dead zone running back. Um, it's his passing profile, man. 13. 13 receptions, you know, I mean, McKinnon is clearly, McKinnon is clearly their third down guy. And I just think that limits Pacheco's upside. Um, not a guy that I'm really looking to get. What about you, Wayne? To me, Pacheco is more of a lock than a dark horse, in my opinion. There's just so much going on on that Chiefs offense. If your name isn't Patrick or Travis, I, I don't want you on my team. And that's that's just... That, that's just plain and simple. I mean, way it's everything's so watered down. Um, he spreads the ball way too much. It's a pass first, second, third, and fourth offense. Um, but again, I've always said this: if you're the RB one, you deserve a roster spot. Um, this is just more of like a, in my opinion, more of a lock more so than a dark horse. 
I don't hate that. I I 100% agree with you, Beggs. He could definitely use an uptick in targets. That would absolutely bring him to the next level as far as a fantasy finish goes. But, I mean, he was he was highly successful last year with just 44% of the carries. He was a rookie. And with Patrick Mahomes snapping the ball, man, you've got the entire defense worried about the pass. You got the safeties back. You just need to run through the open holes, man. It it I'm not saying it's gonna be super easy for him, but I feel like twenty eight is a little disrespectful. Could be. That's all. Uh, let's but be we'll honest. See. After what we just did to Justin Ross, Begley's gonna have his claws out on every player we mention. Not true at all. Not true at all. All right. Well, let's see. My AFC Dark Horse. It's my turn to head to the Broncos. I'm going with Javante Williams, ADP 77, RB 29, behind Pacheco. Last year was a dumpster fire, and honestly, it's probably better that he was hurt for the season. Uh, in his last full season, he finished as a running back 17, sharing the rock with Melvin Gordon. Uh, now he's got Samaje Pirine back there, which you've already heard from us. Um, we think he's a he's a all of us think he's a very good backup, um, but that again, as far as volume share, he was almost a straight fifty fifty with Melvin Gordon when he finished as RB seventeen, um, and if Samaje Piran gets that, I still think he's safe. In twenty twenty one, Javante ranked sixth in yards created, sixth in evaded tackles, and ninth in juke rate which are all extremely important metrics considering uh, that going into this season, it's a passing game that has a lot to prove that nobody's really scared of. Uh, I'm optimistic in Sean Payton turning the offense around and making Javante an integral part of it. Payton has always managed to get the best out of his running backs. When you look at who he's coached, he's had Deuce McAllister, Reggie Bush, Darren Sproles, Mark Ingram, and Alvin Kamara. Uh, I believe Javante can be another name added to the list of extremely effective Sean Payton running backs. Yeah, I mean, I hate the pick completely. Um, no, nah, I'm just kidding, man. Um, I, I I like it. I mean, you know, he's, again, he's in that dead zone kind of territory with Pacheco. Uh, man, he just makes me nervous because of the injury. You know, his rookie year in 2021, he was just really efficient on the ground. I think a lot of games he's averaged like six, five, six yards per carry. Um. I think for me with Javanta is if he can get involved in the passing game a little bit, you know, and be on the field for that 60% snap share mark to the moon for me. It all just depends what Sean Payton can do to the offense, right? I love Javante Williams this year, man. Like he's a guy that I'm definitely looking to get everywhere. I don't know. He'll probably be 50-50 to start the season, but I feel like down the stretch when you're going towards the playoffs, I think he could be a a league-winning type of guy. I think he's really good. Uh, I think that he just needs the opportunity and needs to see the field. Yeah. Let's go to the NFC, boys. I agree. NFC lock. I'm going to switch up the rotation just because I can't wait to talk about my guy. Hollywood Brown. ADP of 70, wide receiver of 28. If you listen to the show, you guys know that I write love letters to Hollywood Brown in my free time. We've talked about it before, so I'm going to be pretty pretty brief. Wide receiver of four last year before the injury uh, to Kyler and the injury to Hollywood, I should say, not Kyler. Um, D-Hop is gone. 
He is the clear wide receiver one out in Arizona. Uh, only scored three touchdowns last year, by the way. I, I think he is a candidate for positive touchdown regression, um, considering he scored three touchdowns on 107 targets. You know, he's a true 4-3 guy, man. He's a burner. He's a 99th percentile uh, speed kind of guy in the league. Cardinals gave up a lot to bring him there, including a first-round pick. He's going to be on the field. Same for Kyler. Uh, you know, again, Cardinals invested a lot in Kyler. I know there's some questions about whether he's going to be ready week one or not. Um, it doesn't matter. I, I think Hollywood's going to be just fine with or without him. Obviously, we, we prefer Kyler on the field. Um, you know, last year, if you take out the injury, he was on pace for 151 targets, including the games with DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins. And I honestly think that's well within his range of outcomes this year. I think the Cardinals are going to have to throw the ball. Pro football focus graded them as the worst offensive line heading into 2023. Um, Plus, the Cardinals aren't going to be very good. I think they're going to be behind a lot. They're going to have to throw the ball quite a bit. Um, And one really interesting stat that I found, pro football focus has an expected fantasy points per game metric, uh, which is really interesting. And, uh, you know, last year he graded out to be the second most unlucky wide receiver in the league. So he was expected to earn up just over 14 and a half fantasy points per game. Ended at 13, which was the difference between wide receiver 27 and wide receiver 15. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with that touchdown regression. So super high on Hollywood. I want him in every league I'm in. I love it. I love the pick. I'm definitely on board with you for this one. We saw him through the first six games last season without DeAndre Hopkins. He absolutely tore it up. I don't know what the timeline is for Kyler Murray. Uh, The team's obviously going to be really bad, I think, with or without Kyler Murray. But obviously, you want Kyler throwing the ball. Yeah, this this one seems like an easy one. He's going to average probably nine, ten targets a game easily. The touchdowns have to go up three. I mean, he's going to get more than that. Love the pick. He's a guy that I would be looking for everywhere. What what was wider he was wide receiver what? Four. Four. No, Four. his ADP this year. Uh twenty eight. Yeah, you kinda you kinda lost me on the on the fantasy unlucky metric. Mm-hmm. But that aside, man, this is the lockiest of locks. This is this is uh this is close to dark horse territory for me, honestly. Uh, if Hollywood is in my, he's WR twenty eight has him as a, in a flex play, and honestly, I'm happy with him if he's my WR two. Um, he was killing it last year before he got hurt, like you said. Um, I, I think you're returning at least his ADP. I think this is if you if you can pull Hollywood at his ADP, I think you're you're thrilled. This is this is a good lock. I think so too. Wayne, take the wheel on on the lock because mine's going to create some controversy. Oh gosh, why do you always got to do that, man? Uh, it's just a clash of the titans about to happen. That's all. Yeah. Who, who are the titans? Uh, Begs and myself. Oh wow, give him Begley Titan status, huh? Uh, you know he's a fellow co-host. Absolutely, he's a titan he in his own right. He, he's our he's our rebuild titan. My lock, 
I wasn't even talking crap, dude. You t- you took an orphan team to the playoffs. That's that's uh, that was an that's honest a compliment. If I ever saw one, that's an honest I compliment. I didn't say a single word. I I just was basking in the compliment. I appreciate it. All right, moving on because I feel gross now. <laughs> <laughs> My NFC lock is Brandon Ayuk, ADP sixty nine, wide receiver. See, you said twenty eight, but I'm showing twenty eight, so I don't know. We must be using different apps. Anyways. Uh, my man was a wide receiver 15 last year and he didn't miss a single game. He was Mr. Reliable. Uh, he ranked eighth in touchdowns with over a thousand yards receiving. Uh, I see a bit of a, a regression off of 113 targets and a slight touchdown regression, uh, which is why he's, he, you know, he's more of a top tier flex play. And I'm not assuming that he's, uh, he's going to be a wide receiver 15 again. Um, as long as he can, can continue to get separation, which he ranked third in last year, uh, he'll continue to be an asset to any fantasy team. Uh, he's a start and leave guy you can depend on that can be drafted in the sixth round. Um, that's nothing to stick your nose up to. As long as Trey Lance never gets under center, I love Ayuk this year in my flex spot. Yeah, I mean, you know, to me, Ayuk and Hollywood are like the two guys that the people who like to go running back, running back in rounds one and two of drafts, these are the guys they point to. Like, look, I can get prime wide receiver production in the fifth and sixth round. I I love Ayuk. Uh, I love this pick. You stole him before I could get to him. Um, I don't have anything bad to say at all. Yeah, I went out and got him in two leagues personally, and one of them was for Dalvin Cook. Let's go. Oh, man. Got rid of that grenade before he got released. Um, Yeah, uh, pretty much enough said. I'll, I'll just leave it with that. Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah. You're rooting for Brock Purdy, right? If you're an IUK owner, not trade. Yeah, absolutely, hundred five million percent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, onward, and this is uh, where the clash will begin. My NFC lock, Tyler Lockett, ADP seventy one, wide receiver thirty one, currently being drafted in the back of the sixth round. Uh, last year, the entire offense was supposed to take a step back after Russell Wilson went to Denver. Uh, the Seahawks were supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league. They were bringing in Geno Smith, who hadn't done anything in his career up to this point. Uh, he surprised. He absolutely surprised. It, it resulted in a wide receiver 13 and wide receiver 16 season out of Lockett and DK, respectively. Uh, Lockett finished as that wide receiver 13 with 24 fewer targets and one less game than DK finishing with almost the same amount of receiving yards and three more touchdowns. Gino seemed to be a lot more efficient when he was throwing to Lockett. The guy's been consistent recently. He used to be a guy he I've had him for a few years now, Wayne and I both on, on one of our dynasty teams. And he went from a throw in and a trade to like, all right, he's, he's pretty solid. His, his fantasy finishes over the last five years, 13, 15, 8, 13, and 17. is well better than the ADP that he's getting right now. He's always putting up points. I feel like he doesn't get the respect that he deserves. And I know that, you know, he's probably getting some of this ADP because people are thinking about Jackson Smith and Jigba getting drafted there. But Jackson Smith and Jigba's a slot guy. Tyler Lockett's played both the inside and the outside throughout his career. Last year, Lockett had 1.66 yards per route in the slot and 2.44 yards per route on the outside. 
He saw 45% of his targets in the slot, but only two of his nine touchdowns and 35% of his yardage there. 31 is disrespectful. He's a lock to beat this ADP, and I, I fully expect him to. Wait. Oh, I thought the Titans were going to go at it. It's going to segue into the the clash, man. Go ahead and make your uh, assessment here. Yeah, uh, I mean, his his wide receiver finishes have always been high, but they've always been feast or famine. And this past year was the first year where he he stringed together a consistent fantasy output um, that made him uh, a guy that you wanted on your team. Does he continue to do that? Maybe, but it's definitely not worth dropping him all the way down into back end flex territory. I mean, you're you're happy with Tyler Lockett in your starting lineup if that offense uh, Pete Carroll's just got a way of getting getting usage out of his quarterbacks. I think Quarterback if anything whisper. JSN helps. Uh, yeah, Tyler Lockett at thirty one, there's no there, I, I disagree with that for sure. Beggs, what say you? You know, I'm gonna pull another babe here and I'm gonna call my shot and I'm actually gonna agree with ADP. I think this is the year Tyler Lockett falls off. Um, I I disagree with you, uh, and I, and I hear your point about him not playing the slot, and I agree with you. He doesn't play the slot, but what Tyler Lockett did last year was he lived in the intermediaries. His average depth of target was 11 yards, 47th best amongst wide receivers. He made his hay in the short game. And I think the addition of Jackson Smith and Jigba and Charbonnet, who is projecting much better in the passing game than Kenneth Walker was last year, I think they're more inclined to eat into Lockett's targets than they are DK's. You know, Lockett, to me, is kind of the opposite of Hollywood. He had nine touchdowns last year. He had the best touchdown-to-target ratio of any wide receiver in the league who had over 75 targets. As we know... Touchdowns are a fickle female. And if we just assume even a 50% regression heading into the year, which I don't think is unreasonable considering his touchdown to target ratio, he would have finished his wide receiver 22 last year. He was buoyed by the touchdowns. DK was second in the league last year in red zone targets, but 20th in touchdowns. Right? So what that tells me, DK got more targets. He got more love in the red zone, but he couldn't connect with Geno. Lockett just happened to make more connections. I think through volume, over time, I think Metcalf, just due to his size, I think he maintains that red zone target share with Geno into the year. Uh, and, I, and I think it's, you know, you're going to see that shift from Lockett to DK. If you look at Tyler's yards per game, yards per target, that were his second lowest marks in the last five years. And his total scrimmage yards was the lowest in five years. But his touchdowns were the second highest. I think we saw a little bit of that, you know, age 30 decline in Lockett last year. He turns 31. And every year now, you're going to see, I think, more and more diminishing returns on his production. I know his targets were up. But I think that was more of a function of Seattle throwing the ball more 
Geno Smith had more attempts last year than Russell Wilson has had his entire career in Seattle, right? I think there was just more of a pie. Um, you know, I think if you look at the splits from Seattle last year, DK had a 30% target share, Lockett at a 25 amongst wide receivers and tight ends. Noah Fant was second with 13. I don't see any way that JSN doesn't command, you know, at least – at least 13, you know, at least that Noah Fant range, if not a little bit more. They don't get him in the first round uh, without using him. They've never had a slot receiver. Again, I think Lockett is going to live in that area that Jason is. I think DK, you know, he's the deep target guy. He's the red zone guy. Um, so, you know, again, I, I think Lockett is, you know, he's the uh, the benefactor, so to speak, of of that. You know, in, in, in looking at the pro football performance, expected fantasy points per game, um, again, opposite of Hollywood, Tyler Lockett graded as one of the luckiest receivers last year where his actual production exceeded his expected production. His expected points per game was 12. His actual was 15. That's the difference between wide receiver 28 and wide receiver 16. Um, <clears throat> Father time was undefeated, gone. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet against the age 31 receiver, especially but, one who predicates his game on quickness and speed. But he also tw- first off, he would have finished as wide receiver 28. If, if that would, that's what you just said. But 28 is still better than 31 where he's going right now, and that's if things just fall off completely. I mean, he finished as a, a wide receiver 13 last year. Is that? Is that a, a sign of sharp decline? It's almost wide receiver one. He beat DK. He had 24 less targets than DK. I understand the touchdown thing. Uh, like, touchdowns are... Uh, they can be all over the place. Like, I'm not going to lie. He, he can absolutely come out and score only four this year. But he did have good success on the deep ball with Geno Smith. He was efficient with Geno Smith. I feel like... It's one of those things to where uh, who was I feel like, oh, OK, with Baker Mayfield. You remember Baker Mayfield with Odell Beckham, how they just never really had the good connection because he just forcing it in there. I kind of feel that chemistry between Gino and DK. Obviously, DK is a much bigger guy, but it just seems like it's so so much more fluent and everything with with Lockett. He also he doesn't get hurt. If you've ever watched a Seahawks game and you've seen Tyler Lockett catch the ball, he catches the ball and dives to the ground immediately if there's a, a any defender within five yards of him. He preserves his body very well. Uh, so, I mean, I feel good about the injury thing. I don't know. It, it's I just agree. hard for me to, to come off that. Will, will you accept the doink of, of uh, meeting his ADP? Um. Yeah, I w- you know what? I called my shot. I'm, I'm going to stick to it. Yes, I'll take the doink. Here's, you know, here's two other points I'm going to throw out there. Geno Smith led the league last year in completion percentage. He threw the fourth most touchdowns in the NFL last year. I don't think either of those marks are going to hold this year. Right. So I think there's going to also be a natural kind of downshift in the passing game as a whole, because I don't think Geno is going to be as good as he was last year, in my opinion. The other the other interesting stat I found going, and and this was really kind of the crux, um, the fantasy footballers actually put out a really nice chart 
kind of showing the age drop off of wide receivers. And wide receivers, wide receivers whose age is 31, they've only accounted for 7% of all wide receiver two seasons in the last decade. 31 is a big cliff, and it's bigger than 30. There tends to be a very dramatic drop off after 30. He would have to buck history and have a wide receiver two season. It can be done. It can, it can be, be done. done. Their their defense is horrible. It's it's not the Legion of Boom anymore. That's why that's why Geno Smith threw more than Russell Wilson ever has. And he's probably gonna follow it up this year with the same amount. Really, the passing volume is going to be extreme. This team sucks. The the defense is not good at all. They still regret to this day trading like three first round picks for Jamal Adams because that guy's trash as far as the safety is concerned. He, uh, he might throw as much, but he's not going to be as good this year as he was last year. Led league completion that. percentage. I can accept that. All right. Wayne, did you have anything to add? No, I mean, did you have him as a lock? Did I have him as a lock? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I don't understand. We're talking about regression here, and that's fine. There can be a regression. He can still be a lock at 31. He's, we're talking about going from a WR13 to a WR31. The the ADP shows a regression. It agrees with a regression. So I don't, you know, do do I think there's that much of a regression? Probably not. I mean, I'd definitely go with Goni on the doink. That's fair. That's fair. I'm uh, I'm babe at the dish right now on it. Calling shots all around. Uh, Wayne, do you want to uh, pick up or do you want me to? We all set our locks, right? Yeah, then Bagley took his bust. Yeah, it's busts. Who's your bust? Your bust can't. Oh, your bust segued because Tyler Lockett's your bust, didn't it? Ah, yeah. Go ahead and go. <laughs> I, I I was gonna say I thought we were talking about Tyler Lockett a long time there. Makes more sense. It was, yeah, it was it was two segments, man. We just the the, the Titans were clashing over here, and I wanted you to get a a word in. Uh, now moving on to something ridiculous and probably disappointing. My NFC bust. I couldn't really find one. Not even gonna lie. We do a draft. Hey, I know, I know, I know, I know. We do a draft for this thing, Mad Mob. It's a snake draft. It rotates each time we go through the divisions. I wanted Debo Samuel. Wayne got him. He beat me to the punch. Uh, that was that was basically like the main component right there. I don't really want to pick anyone that I don't really have my heart in. I, I checked a lot of the other ADPs. There's a lot of guys that are far down. I'm not ready to call Cooper Cup a, a bust just yet. I think he has a phenomenal year. I already took my shot on one of the Kings and Austin Eckler. I'm not going to do it with Cooper Cup. Uh, if I could, if I could offer up anything, it's that I don't really have the confidence for Kenneth Walker to finish where he's at. It's probably the best I can do for you. He's he's going as the RB14. They brought in Charbonnet, second rounder. Uh, it's just I feel like the work is going to get cut in. I don't really want to say the injuries are, are necessarily a scare. You know, Wayne talks about it all the time to where you shouldn't be drafting based off of injury. You shouldn't really make decisions based off of injury worry or anything like that. I understand, but 
the Seahawks just traditionally have given guys multiple carries. Marshawn Lynch was was the last guy to get the bulk of it. I mean, Chris Carson, he didn't even get all the work when Rashad Penny was hurt every single year. He was he was there after being drafted in the first round. So I'm kind of just going with the history of it that he's not going to get the full workload like he got last year. And really, it's just just my gut on top of it, which isn't super great analysis. But wide receiver, or running back 14 just doesn't really feel good to me if I was going to choose anyone else out of the entire con- or division. Is that good enough for you, Begley? No. That work, man? Just, I'm just not going to speak to it, man. Just weak. Just weakness. Go just ahead. Disappointed, dude. Disappointed. <laughs> My bust, as as Coney said, I got Debo Samuel. Uh, his ADP is 30, wide receiver 16, and I just need someone to explain to me why the ADP thinks there's some tri- triumphant return in store for him. His ADP this year has him, uh, again, as the WR16. In his 13 games last year, he only managed to do better than that in one game. One out of 13 games last year, he finished in what his ADP is this year. Uh, Now that CMC is in town, they don't need to utilize him as much on the ground. That, along with the steep drop-off in his touchdowns and utilization in the red zone, make him sketchy at best. Uh, Last year, he finished outside the top 50 in target separation, true catch rate, and contested catch rate. One thing he finished high in, drops. Uh, too much offense on that side of the field uh, to expect him to be a top-end wide receiver, too, on your team. Again, we, we talked about um, Iuke already and, uh, you know, any th- – God bless. He talked – I'm just like freaking sneeze. Hang on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. <laughs> Begs, you still look disappointed off of my lack of a, a an NFC bust. Mad Mob, he, he's not mad. He's just disappointed I'm right dead now. That's inside. the look on his face. Dead inside. Just, I don't know what to say about it anymore, man. I don't know what to say. This is just about the most un-American thing that I've, I've ever seen. Hey, man, Justin Ross said that I, I'm a pretty good guy, though. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could keep that, <laughs> but I got to take out my weird sneeze. Oh gosh! Oh, I thought we were just rallying through your uh, yeah, your dude. sneeze there. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll keep it if y'all want me to, but I think I just had like a miniature sneeze stroke. You definitely sat there frozen with your finger under your nose for a solid twenty seconds. Yeah, dude, really? I was hurting. I was hurting. <sighs> Anyways, Get a back to of water. Back to it. Uh, uh, yeah, just too much on that side of the field. Too much offense. They've got him as the WR16, and I think Brandon Ayuk has a very good chance to take that WR1 spot uh, in San Francisco. And we were just talking about George Kittle coming on flaming hot at the end of last year under w- with Brock Purdy throwing in the ball. So Debo coming back. As a WR16, there's absolutely no way that I think he's up there. You know, if you look at his splits before and after CMC, he was much, much worse after CMC got CMC got traded to uh, San Francisco. I love the pick. On a quick side note, is there a more talented team in the league than the Niners? They're loaded. They are. They're yeah. absolutely loaded. 
Do you on, remember though? On both sides. Do you remember sides. at the at the beginning of last season, Begs, the absolute just ridiculous arguments that we had over Debo Samuel? Yes. I Going do. back to the year before, Begs and I were would go at it at every poker night we possibly had. Um and it was basically off the back of Debo being phenomenal. He was he was absolutely great, but they call a career year, career year for a reason, man. It only happens one time. The man averaged 20 yards a catch that year. He was getting rushing work out of the backfield left and right. He's not that dude. He's not that dude. He's not going to return back to that dude. So, like, I I had Debo last year. I took the shot on him in a startup dynasty that ended up folding after one year, which was very disappointing. Disclaimer, none of us ran it. It was a terrible job done. Uh, and it sucked every week to have to trot Debo out onto the virtual gridiron. He, he <laughs> made me happy that I played him maybe twice throughout the entire year. And, uh, yeah, I just I just wanted to dunk that one on your head one time. Nah, it was the CMC trade, bro. He was okay before it. He wasn't averaging no 20 yards a catch, that's for sure. No, he wasn't. Scab. <laughs> Wayne, you good with you good with the uh, the Debo analysis there? So I'll take the baton and uh, give you my NFC dark horse. I'm going to be quick. Elijah Mitchell, ADP of 131, RB 41, he is the Thunder to CMC's Lightning. Um, you know, to me, I think Elijah Mitchell is the most valuable handcuff in fantasy this year. And I think there's a chance he has standalone value. Um, I think that's probably going to come, at, you know, at the goal line, right in the short yardage situations, you know, early downs. To me, that's a guy that if CMC gets hurt, which we've seen before, you can pencil him in, padlock it up. He's going to give you RB2 production at worst with RB, you know, RB1 upside. Um, you know, last year the only data point we had when he and C when he and CMC played together are both healthy healthy was week eighteen. He was the RB seven. Um, you know, he's a four and a half yards per carry kind of athlete, really good vision. He's on the best rushing team in the league. Um, and at one thirty one it doesn't really cost you anything. Plus, all he has to do is beat out Jordan Mason to get carries. I like Elijah Mitchell. Man, I took the biggest shot ever on Jordan Mason trying to get some play time last year. He got one game's worth, and he did nothing with it. Mm-mm. Thought I was being slick in a dynasty. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I mean, I agree with you as far as the biggest hand- handcuff goes in football right now. That you make a very good case for Elijah Mitchell. I don't know about the standalone man, and I, I definitely don't agree with the goal line work, man. When you're getting down there and you're ready to score, you give the ball to your best player. Mm. Uh, but something's in the water in San Francisco, and everyone gets hurt there. So, I mean, the percentages went up as far as an injury goes. I just hope it doesn't because I have CMC. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I think he really only has value if CMC goes down. Uh, you you play CMC. He's your massive snap share guy. He's the most athletic. You're going to give the ball to him. Um, if if you're talking about straight handcuff value injury dependent, then yeah, I mean CMC's definitely had a sketchy injury history. 
at best. Um, and Elijah Mitchell, um, he's he's seen the field plenty in his career, so he'll know what to do once he uh, once he gets that primary back role. Um, but as far as standalone, I I, I kind of disagree with you on that. Uh, I, I he's no Samaje Pirine. I mean, I'll go back to a year earlier pick in this episode. Um, I think Pirine has standalone value as a backup. I don't really think Elijah does, but. Yeah, I mean, he could definitely be a, a dark horse if you're if you're betting on CMC's knees to do what they've done in the past. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. The problem is we just you know we don't have any data points, but they played together weeks ten through twelve. CMC's highest snap share was sixty six percent, but at the same time he was just coming onto the Niners, right? So there's a learning curve. So we don't really know what that relationship is going to be like. So I would agree with that. That's fair. And it's a high. It's going to be a, in my opinion, a high-scoring offense. So there might be, there might be standalone value there. I don't, I don't know. I mean, they might go up big, and and CMC might see the sideline a little bit more, and uh, Elijah Mitchell might get some of that, some garbage time points regularly, and garbage yeah. time points count exactly the same as regular points in fantasy. So, um, yep. we'll see. Like you said, there's not a lot of data to go on with them playing together but it's it's definitely an interesting pick for sure i don't i don't i don't dislike it at all it's not justin ross i mean i'll say that (laughs) all right going on my nfc dark horse is uh james connor this year adp of 66 rb 25 he's probably not the most appealing but i feel really good about him in a redraft league Currently going in the sixth round as the RB25 after finishing as the RB19 last year. He had a rough start to his season, averaging slightly over 10 points per game. He was injured uh, for the next three weeks. He came back from that injury and averaged 18.75 points per game over the next eight games before missing the season finale. In terms of points per game on the season as a whole, he finished 10th with 15.4. That's better than Ramondre. Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Kenneth Walker, and Najee. He's got no competition for touches behind him with Keontae Ingram and Tyson Williams. Gross. He, he's going to get all the work there. He's the big boy. They're going to depend on him for offense and production, especially if Kyler's out. Head coach Jonathan Gannon endorsed him as the 100% bell cow running back of the team. The offensive coordinator said, he kindly buys tacos for everyone every Tuesday without charge. Uh, he's just, if he stays healthy, this man's going to be a top 20 running back again this year. Hey, man, you had me at a good quote out of training camp, man. Hey, dude. <laughs> hey, I'm annoyed that you just took my joke. I was about to say that. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I, I, when you sent this in the chat, I was going to hate on you. But I kind of looked up some info to, to try to get you real good on here. I can't, man. I like the pick. I He's like just not pick. a sexy pick, man. Like, you think James Conner, and it's not very good. But if you look at the numbers and, and take out the injury, he, he was pretty solid. Rank these three. Aaron Jones, James Conner, and Miles Sanders. Uh, give me... Give me James Conner, Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones. Wayne? Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, James Conner. 
Oh man! All right, fair. What do you What do you have, Beggs? How yeah. would you rank them? I I feel like Miles Sanders could could be the guy also. I have Miles Sanders one. I, they have you guys seen the reports out of Green Bay that says Jordan Love sucks at football? I mean, I mean, the dangerous thing that you got to worry about with James Conner is, you're right. He's one of the very few bell cows, bell cow running backs left. But man, that offensive line is horrendous, horrendous. It is, and it they're going to be behind is. every game probably. You know, but like, the game starts at zero zero, and they're going to establish the run until they're down by about seventeen points. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I don't hate it by any means, because like a, a bell cow running back, you you gotta love. It's just he's on such a bad team. Yeah, this is an opportunity play for sure. It's eighteen plus opportunities a game. I think I'd go Aaron Jones going just because he when he was good, it was with Trace McSorley, I think, and some other scab like Skelton or something like that last year. Because you know Kyler's going to take away some of his rushing production. You know, I, I I like the pick though, man. You're right; it's not sexy, but it gets the job done. It's the job done. All right, I'll finish it up with my dark horse that I had to wrestle away from Begley. He wanted it bad, but I said, no, man, my dark horse. Uh, I'm going with Cam Akers. ADP 63, running back 23. Uh, Cam Akers is a guy that, in my opinion, can definitely be in RB1 territory um, early. Last year, he finished off the season hotter than any other running back. He finished as an RB1 three of his final six games one of which he was actually the overall running back one, and two of the remaining three he finished as an RB2. The only game he was outside of that, he was the RB25, so he was one outside of it. The Rams have made zero attempts to replace him. He's still their guy, and at 24 years old, it looks like they're planting the flag on him and keeping him as their guy. After starting off the year slow, coming off of a torn Achilles, He got it together in the last six games of the year where he averaged 4.83 yards per carry, 85 yards per game, and eight touchdowns. That's just in his final final six games. He averaged 17 rush attempts per game, which from a volume standpoint is Najee Harris and Saquon Barkley range. Uh, Last year he finished second to last in the NFL in yards before contact, which is not good. Um, but the O-line was young and injured, and then you look at it, and the Rams used their second-round pick to snag a guard in this year's draft, and they have Logan Bruce coming back um, off of his rookie year, so another year of development under that. Uh, so that's definitely going to get better for him there. Just If you go off his final six games, he was a top-tier running back, and six games is not a small sample size. It was consistency over the final six games after coming off of a torn Achilles where they started him off slow, worked him in, worked him into the offense, and then once they once they pulled, took the leash off of him, he was one of the best running backs in the NFL behind a terrible offensive line. Begley hates Cam Akers. He's, he's on the short list of players, Begley. Will never agree to ever. Right behind Justin Fields, uh, you couldn't say enough bad things to say about Cam Akers or Justin Fields if you're Begley. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the pick personally. I think he, he, I love the pick. I wanted it for myself, and I feel like there's a few running backs this year that are in the 
the dead zone more or less the running back dead zone there's there's guys this year that i really like to take shots on and he's one of them for sure not to mention the facilities janitor said that he always flushes the urinal whenever he walks out of the bathroom dude i also heard he never pees on the floor ever ever not even a splash you know what i i hope he's good at something off the football field because he's just not that good on it i i mean look at his numbers look at his three-year body of work he's not a good football player he hasn't been so far i'm not going to bet on a fourth year breakout on a team that actively cut him from the roster last year he was disbarred from the team for a good chunk of the season he came back he tore his achilles right he lost don't shrug that off going he, he, Come on, I mean, man. That, that is a that is a death wish injury for do a running back. You, do you think he's he's at least uh, RB thirty or better? God, man, you know what? Yeah, I I think just from pure blunt volume alone, he can probably get to RB thirty. But there's no way in Hades he gets to RB one. There's no way he's not good enough. He doesn't catch enough passes out of the backfield either. Did he did he tear his Achilles before or after he went on that six game run though? It was before. It was before, and so he was still able to do great things afterwards. Well, was, I would, uh, yeah. Just be did careful. Rashad Penny ever tear his Achilles? Was he one of them guys or no? It was, it was just ACLs. Deontay Foreman. No, well, no, no, no. I was just wondering because everyone. Do you remember going into last year how high everyone was on uh, uh, Rashad Penny after he'd been hurt year after year after year after year, and he tore it up the last six games of the season, and people wanted to draft him last year. They wanted to take the shot. Cam Akers is that guy. He just did what what Rashad Penny did the year before. He just did that last year. The Achilles wasn't wasn't a thing. I know you said like look at his body of work, but the Rams have never really committed to Cam Akers since he got Why? there. And that that and that's my point. That's if you're good, if you're a good player, teams commit to you. Not if you're a guy who runs multiple guys like McVay has been. McVay they, didn't really commit to anyone. They've committed to him on the last half of the year though. And and when you don't when you have all these uh, there are really good free agent running backs out there for the taking, plus the draft has gone by, and zero attempts to get any of them. Zero attempts to get any of them. Uh, they like their guy. I'm just confused. Uh, me and you kind of have opposite philosophies, Begley, when it comes to injuries, in that I like to completely ignore past injuries and just draft off of what I think is happening, which – Again, like if we take all that aside and I just look at how he finished last season with his last six games, I'm looking at a top three running back. A top three running back over his last six games. Eight touchdowns across six games. I mean, it's just it's phenomenal. And again, he has Najee Harris, Saquon Barkley volume that he's getting. If that's not commitment, I don't know what is. So I'm just like, and then you've got guys like you're you're calling your shot on Justin Ross, who's got a degenerative spinal issue and had missed college years and his rookie season off injuries and injuries. So I'm just confused why Cam Akers' injury history is a negative for him, but it's not a negative for for other players. 
Well, I called Justin Ross my long shot as the very last pick in your redraft league. I mean, his ADP is in the, you know, right just shy of 200. It's very different than Cam Akers' ADP. So that's, first of all, very different. Second Philosophies of all, are the same, though. Well, the philosophies aren't the same because I think we've got a lot of data that shows running backs who have Achilles injuries don't really come back very strong. It it just saps them a lot of their mobility. I, don't, I have to look at spinal injury data. I'm sure it's not strong. <laughs> and I'm sure just you know Justin Ross could be a cut candidate. But again, your last pick in a redraft league costs you nothing, right? I mean, but, it, it means nothing. But it, look, here's my thing. I understand you want to take his last six games, and I and I can appreciate that. But I, I also you can't ignore his first 25 and how poor they were, right? I mean, this is a guy who who caught if you look he caught 13 balls last year, and that was the highest of his career. The most passes he caught out of the backfield in Florida State in the season was 30. He's horrible on third down. He's horrible in pass protection, right? And I just don't see him being a bell cow. And, and I don't yet, see him getting that staying on the field that much. And yet he was a top three running back with no receiving work in his last six. Again, I'm I not agree. looking at his last game. I'm not looking at his last two games. I'm looking at a third of the season. I'm looking at the okay. final third of the season heading into the off season. I'm not. It, it would be different if he was doing good in week two, five, eleven, fifteen. That's that's totally different. That means he's just not finding his footing. I'm talking about six consecutive games to end the season that were phenomenal. Yeah, again, I agree with you, but I don't think you can discount the first 25 games before that either and just throw those out of the window right? and expect those not to factor into your projections. I mean... He had one game in week 16 where he scored 34 points on three touchdowns, right? That's if you take that that out that outlier out. That's a bell cow. Much, much normally. Yeah, uh, if you I, take I mean, that out, look, then he still had two WR RB one finishes and two RB two finishes. If you take that out, he's still a very good running back. So all right, well, let's just uh, I'll make you a doink. I think his ADP is fair. Where it is, you think he outperforms it? How far? I don't know. I think, I think his ceiling is RB one. Okay, so I I'll let you have. I tell you what, I'll, I'll give you RB fifteen or better, and I'll take RB fifteen or worse. No, no, I'll take I'll take his oh. ADP. Well, if he's your dark horse pick, though, you're projecting him to be above ADP. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you just sat there and scratched your head thinking he could possibly get to RB30. I'll take his ADP, which is no. which is a running back too. The way you but say it, you, t- you tear your show. Achilles. Your you tear your Achilles and you're done for. Yeah, but, but you're not saying he's your lock. You're not saying he's guaranteed to perform at ADP. You're saying he's a dark horse. He's going to be performing better than ADP. Yeah. Right. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you what. He can, for sure. All right, but you don't want to put a doink on it? No, no. I'll I'll take his ADP. Yeah, that's not what you're saying. So. Well, that's fine. Same. As long as we can Same. all agree here that even the Cam Akers haters know that he's worthy of his of a starting spot in your lineup, at the very least your RB two, then you're happy mm-hmm. with picking him, especially where his ADP is. 
I don't think RB2, but if he's my RB3, I'm happy. I'll give you that. Uh, whoa, his RB2 is, or his, his ADP is RB2. I'm okay if he's my RB3, if he's my third running back. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I know what you're saying, but why wouldn't you doink his ADP if you think he's going to? It's RB30, right? Not what you said? No, his ADP is RB23. 24. RB24? 24. I thought it was RB30. No. Nah. Well, he's Will closer to 30. Make you reconsider? No, no, Wayne's. I'm not going to let Wayne call a dark horse and then want to take a doink at ADP that defeats the purpose of a dark horse. Yeah, no, dark horses are, you know, they're long shots. Mm, they are exactly. They most certainly are. Say it again, a little louder for everybody in the back. They're they're long shots. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. They are, my friend. Yeah, there are long shots, and then there are just no shots. Justin Ross, Justin Ross, no shot. We'll see. I, I know you thought you thought you had me there. Justin Ross is. I didn't. You, you call him. You call him no risk, high reward. I call him no risk, no reward. We'll see what happens in preseason. Just doing stuff for funsies out here. When there's no risk and no reward, it's just for fun. It's just pointless analysis going, isn't it? It's just pointless analysis. I I respect the dart throw, uh, and I really enjoyed Begley's segment about all the kind words that everyone he's ever met had for him. I really enjoyed it. Man, thank the Lord he didn't find any hometown newspaper articles. We'd still be on him. (laughs) He was a blessing put upon this earth. Uh, you know what? Justin Ross for MVP. 